When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, happy Wednesday, episode 554. Um, today we're going to do a one-on-one call like we do in teachhoops.com on a regular basis. We do office office hours we do one-on-one calls um we're there to help we're there to serve we've all been um in the situation you have with maybe not winning the games you want to win or maybe being frustrated with setting up practice plans or not knowing what to do next well that's why teachhoops.com is there um it's kind of to be your guide to help you through the, the the hard times not only during the season but in the off season so go over and check those check that out um, go over and check out our Patreon page, which we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Um, you can hear what <laughs> I'm thinking about on a regular basis. It's also available over on teachhoops.com. And last but surely not least, go over and check out Dr. Dish, um, the most recognized, in my opinion, shooting machine in the market. You know, it's, it does a little bit of everything. The technology is second to none. So go over and check out those great people. And let's head off to the podcast. You know, I'll tell you a little story. The reason I started teachhoops.com, there's a couple of reasons. I'm going to be totally honest. First reason was, you know, I'm getting getting in the twilight of my coaching career. I wanted to give something back, and um, I'm super excited. You know, I check every, I check, our, I'm on our community every day, kind of communicating with coaches from all over the world. Um, so we have coaches from Africa, we have coaches from um, Europe, we have coaches from Australia, I believe, um, a bunch, obviously, from the United States, um, and we get to share, we get to share. So that that excites me. I, I love doing that. Um, and I love all the, the resources and stuff that we're able to help coaches become um, better basketball coaches. So that's that's the number one reason. Number two reason is you know it's this is going to be um, this is going to be the thing I'm hopefully going to do um, when I do get out of coaching. Um, and uh, you know it's the I'm going to be honest it's the to maybe buy an extra gift for my wife or take her out to dinner or do those kind of things. And that's why I run it. So um, you know anybody who knows anything about teachers or or coaches, uh, unless you're uh, Coach K, you don't make a lot of money doing this. So, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons. So if you have any thoughts of it, you know, go over and check it out. What do you do preseason? 
And now um, they can ask you questions. No, this is good. So in Rhode Island, it's a little bit different. In fact, um, the we're officially done. So we have workouts and then what we'll do, just me personally, and a lot of the coaches do the same thing. We'll have workouts and then we have various summer leagues throughout the state. And um, we're allowed to coach in Rhode Island. All summer? Yeah. Well, up until to, uh, the 16th, we're done. So okay. we get from June um, 15th to August 16th, they're ours. So what I what I what I've been thinking too is I'm gonna I I was thinking of sharing what kind of because I think everyone kind of knows what to do in the summer. I think the loss part is the area between now and when the season starts. It's brutal. Um, what we do is I send. Uh, by the way, um, I use Remind a ton. It's and awesome, it's, isn't oh, it? So cool. <laughs> part of it is the different tiers of communication for groups. So the message to the freshmen versus varsity versus JV versus parents. Right. They split out. Well, as you know, you, I mean, it's, yeah. you, you know that, I mean, you push that thing, which is awesome. Because I mean, they don't want to talk to us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, they, yeah. well, that's the generation, right? And in yeah. fact, you know, an example is my son who is downstairs. I literally have to text him when it's time to go somewhere. And then I'm crazy dad and like bang on the floor if he doesn't respond. You know right. I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 So, so I think that, I think what's, cause I've been talking to some people too. It's like, I think, I think the loss, so they put all this work in, in the summer yeah. and I like multiple sport athletes. So I, I want them doing those things, but I, and I, and I, it's a work in progress right now. I know what we've done in the past and we've gotten them in shape before. Um, but it's more like, I think the shots and the dribbling and those kind of things that over the next three months, they lose that. Sh they lose the sharpness that they've had. No question. Prior to that, and it's like I think that's the. I think this is like the black hole of basketball. It's not in the spring, and it's not in the summer, and it's not during the season. It's this little window right now when football and fall sports are going on. Right. Well, we have. See, the challenge for you, like for me, it's easy because there's literally probably five AAU programs in the state of Rhode Island. Okay. And all of which as coaches we vet so we have relationships some good some not so good right um, with some of the um, programs so what we we tend to do is try to if the kids aren't doing anything right if they're not playing soccer right. baseball which apparently is a year a lot of these are year-round sports <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole other discussion yeah. we'll try to drive them to programs which we think is the best fit for them and what I ask for for our players, which is not unlike a lot of the guys around here, is we know the coaches. So there's certain things. Like I'll ask like one of my, my big men, um, this kid Will, like I specifically – I know his coach very well. He's actually won some state championships in Rhode Island as a high school coach. Like I need him to do this, this, and this. Those are his right. goals for this dead time. So the AU season for spring, it's only five tournaments, and then you're done. And that's right. when – like after right. that. Once yeah. that time hits, we just, you know, we're done. Right. We can't talk to him. We can't. It changes everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I mean, we have a, we have a couple of those in our area, too, that are good. And it's like, I'd still rather have them out. Um, yes. But it's almost, and I think it's almost more for the kids that you, that you, they, that are out. Like, how do, how do you, because I've got some great conditioning stuff I'm going to put up on teach hoops that that's really good as far as keeping their legs and keeping them in shape. Because football shape and volleyball shape and basketball shape are so different. Different, yeah. 
Well, they're so different. Yeah. So I've been working with some people at the UW about that. So I'm not worried about the in shape part. I'm more worried about like, how can I get them in the gym? Shoot. How can they get in the gym and get shooting or ball handling or those kind of things? I think. Yeah, we, and that's one thing we challenge. So like for us, and again, not unlike probably most programs in the country, like we give our kids their off season schedule that we put together. Right. You know, and we assume that they're actually doing it. And that's when we may use Remind, not only for a motivational tactic, but to say, okay, have you been working on the programs that have been provided to you? And it's interesting because if you look at my son's volleyball for college, what they do for his off season this summer, he's been giving a, a program and he has to initial it every day and then send it back to the strength and conditioning coach, which then lands on the head coach's desk every Friday. No, we're not going to go to that extreme. We just, I don't think we have the effort. It's, it's hard to ask some of these kids to do that, especially right. in high school, right? But yeah. there's some accountability. And for, I guess for us, and probably, again, not unlike you guys, it's how do you hold them accountable to trying to get this stuff in when you can't be there? You can't um, direct them in a way that you would typically. Well, yeah, and you can't, you can't direct them by rules. And you can't, I mean, part of that is like, but I think they just need it. I think I think that's a great idea of giving them something to do, and then whether they do it or not, or whether they're that's up to them. Um, the accountability part is, you know, maybe to the parents. Here's what we're going to give them. Here's what they need to do. Double yeah. check on them. I mean, it's like my son. I took it. Just got back from the gym, and it's like I said, "Do you want to go to the gym?" And every, I mean, I don't remember last time I said, "Do you want to go to the gym?" And he said, "No." Right. I just, it's just, it's just, and then once he's there, he's fine. It's just like, all right, and I'll go do some work and you can go to the gym. And um, it, it is an interesting dynamic. Like for me, because right now I can't coach my players, but I can coach um, other high school's players, which obviously we have relationships with. So anytime right. we work out, we're all, you know, there's certain programs that you're friendly with. I have right. no problem working out players and, and vice versa. So there's a couple coaches that'll say, all right, send me some of your kids. But unfortunately is it's easy for me to reach out to those kids and text them and say, Hey, coach, so-and-so is having a workout. He's only 20 minutes away. You need to be there or you should go there. And then on them it's well, you know, how dedicated are they? And it, they're right. really that, you know, it's that self-motivation thing. And I know we can preach all those things, but the difference, and I, and I, I will use kids as examples and I don't know, obviously in a good way, right. You don't, right. it's coaching one-on-one. You gotta be careful with that. But like there's one player that came back from last year to this year, that is a different player. And right. he is, he epitomizes what happens in the off season. Right. Work. And, right. and he's got his life. He does, you know, he works, but he also finds time to do some of those things we talk about, but getting that to resonate in, you know, 15 to 18 year olds has been quite a challenge. To be honest. Well, well, and I, and, and my son went to PGC and it's interesting, you know, um, one, I don't remember, uh, one of the directors was talking about, it, he goes, all you need to do is five, five days a week, take the weekend off, be with your buddies five days a week for an hour and a half. That's it. That's all it takes, you know, and if those five and a half, those hour and a half are hard workouts and you're dying and you're, you're improving your game, that's all it takes, you know. Uh, go ahead. No, I'm done. No, I think the challenge, though, is, you know, where, like, from a personal standpoint, I can't get my kids to do their laundry for 10 minutes. Right. You know, right. I know it's, they don't want to. Maybe they want to get better in a sport. But then it's that balance, right, of, okay, I need to burn them out but understand that 
the reward for them putting in that time, which really isn't a lot when you try to paint a picture. And I always use our seniors as examples, probably again, not unlike a lot of coaches where it's the seniors at the end of the year, when there are those tears, when it's over, right. With no regrets. And that's what we preach. Like you don't want it to skip by because it really does go by. And did you take that hour, hour and a half, five days a week to get better, to get where we want as a program and as a player. And, you know, those are some of the things that that helps us a little bit, kind of send the right message. Yeah, that's so true. That is so true. I was on your stomping grounds. My brother lives in New Hampshire. um, And my son wanted to look at, my niece goes to Middlebury, so he wanted to look at Middlebury. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. It's a beautiful, I love the East Coast. I, I looked at Brown too, and um, those are, it's a great area. I love it. You went to Dartmouth, right? I did for graduate school. I went to Lawrence, which is a D3 school in Wisconsin for undergrad. And then I went to Dartmouth for graduate school. My brother went to Dartmouth for undergrad um, and loved it. So it's the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's the, I don't know, like up here, obviously we're only, we're right near Brown. Yeah. It's funny. One of my players is going to play for a, a small school in Massachusetts, and they're a D three school, and they're playing Yale this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, at Yale on November nineteenth. So I text him like, "All right, I'm gonna be there." Right. So I might not see the floor. I'm like, oh, "When you're down forty at half, you may." See you might the- see the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, one of my guys, one of my players, actually went to Dartmouth and Yale, and Brown were on him hard. Um, oh. Great. But it was it's a it was a good fit. I, he uh, he got a little homesick this summer. He was out there working camps this summer, but yeah, it was a good fit for him. Um, I'll yeah. tell you, if you want some insight on rebounding, um, listen to Coach Jones at Yale. Unbelievable. Okay. And when he came in, like his goal, I, I've seen a couple of clinics with him, and I actually we have a what we call a Yale box out drill. Okay, That's stuff he does, and it's. It's like, listen, when I came in here, I wanted to be the best rebounding team in the country. And then statistically, he was in D1, the best rebounding team. And then he brings up the things that we always talk about, right? It's like that mid-season grind where you've now taken your practices. You know, you start the year at three hours, then you're down to an hour and a half, an hour and 45, but they're all concise. And the kids, it's better for the kids, right? I right. mean, that's yep. the question. But he talks about how, you know, as coaches, we typically – stop working on that physical side because we're beat up we're tired yep. sick. and he said he didn't he found ways to get in rebounding every practice and we preach it but the way he implements it it's pretty impressive so explain actually. the explain the drill um one of them is that you line up back to back and okay. um with a ball and um without a ball and it's a literally a pushback drill and you have to so, hold your push yep do you do it in the semi you do it in the circle no, it's straight across the uh, middle of the court. Okay, and you basically try to push the other guy to the other end line? Yeah, sideline. And it's physical, and it's low. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's cool. It's cool. In fact, we have – I think I put it up on the website. I filmed us doing it, and it's, it's interesting because what we'll do is we'll mix up because usually we'll start the bigs versus the bigs. And right. And then we'll mix it up, Right. Right. So you, so, so here, so I'm trying to diagram it here. So, so they'll start, they start in the middle right here. Yeah. So you would have, so they're going to each, I don't like this color, but I'm not changing it. Um, Hold on. Let me grab my pad. I can do this easier. So, so they grab, so they start, they start in the middle then. Yeah. If you, they start right here. Control of that or no? Huh? You can't give me control of that. Can you? I can't. I don't think I can. Oh, okay. So if you were to draw say five X's, um, horizontally 
Like one here. Yep. Do do one. And yep. then one right here. They do like a zero there to represent a different player. Okay. Uh, whatever. And then yep. if you were to do that across the board, right? So one here, one here. Yep. And then okay. across the board. And okay. then what you would have is they would be back to back. Basically. So they would be, they would literally be back to back here. Yeah. And okay. on low, they would push and get low and hold their box and be physical. Um, and it's, you know, there's certain. See, I was thinking you were going this way. You're going the, you're going the 42 feet then. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's, I thought you were going sideline to sideline. You're going the, so there, so this guy's actually right here. Yes. You're right and, on top. Of each yeah. Other. He's right on top of them. And then, um, hold on. Let's, let me, uh, yeah. So these two are here and then he's trying, he's, they're back to back. Oh, that's crazy. It is. And can crazy. you do it? So my question is, can you do it with five guys and them not bang into each other? Yeah. So what you do is you have a controlled environment, Sarah. You're just trying to push back and control because what will happen is right. Not only be, it becomes a little bit too physical because they'll start twisting their shoulders. That's when it's a coaching moment, right? A teachable. Okay. They're at okay. least not fighting. You're right. literally square. You're holding your spot, your shoulders, like all that stuff. You're getting lower. And what we'll typically do middle of the drill, we may pull one of our smaller guards, right? You know, five foot six kid, five foot seven kid, right. pushing on a six four, six five kid, and the kids eat it up, right? Because right. it's a pride thing. Right. So it's pretty cool. It does, you know, it's um for us, we we stole that from him. I say I stole. love that. I love that. And and when I think of that, the only issue I would think you'd have would be First of all, them cheating because they cheat in every oh, drill. No you, let them, you let them. I mean, um, and the second thing is that you just really want to, yeah, you want to make sure there's enough space there. That's why I thought you were going this way because then you could spread them out the the 84 feet. Um, how many kids do you have in your varsity? Um, we have 15 on varsity. 15. Okay. This year we'll have our first freshman team. Um, okay. And then we'll have about 12 on JV. JV, okay. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it, I, I'm telling you, I'm I, I'm a Dennis Rodman. I think 95 percent oh, of it's oh. up in your head, man. You just yeah. gotta go find a body. <laughs> so this is completely unrelated, but they were talking about how could Dennis Rodman cover KD and how he. <laughs> Oh, it was crazy because it was on NBA radio and they're talking about like, you know, just, okay, what is the error? When is it? And then they're talking about, well, if you play in the 80s, the three-point line was closer and nobody could stop KD. It was very interesting. It's just about just how tough Rodman was and physical and a maniac and, you know, which I love. But unfortunately, in today's game, he would put somebody to the line every minute, you know? Right. It wasn't like the Detroit. Yeah, you and I grew up in the Detroit Pistons where half of them would fall out. Yeah. 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 It'd, it'd be crazy. But what I'll do is I have video of us actually running the Yale drill. I'll oh, you do? It. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Okay. Kids beat up on them. Show, you know. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, please don't critique it for technique because it's awful. It's, it's, uh, it's a work okay. in process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you got any specific questions? No, I had a couple actually. And, right. I, and I think, you know, part of it is, Oops. you know, I know you're now in the – the mix of the shot clock, right? Is that your? Well, it, the shot clock is 19, season 1920 is going to be the oh, shot okay. clock. Um, it is, the state of Wisconsin is basically split right in half. Half the people hate the idea, half the people love it, and I don't know where I fall, you know. I have more of an issue with the our state association than I do with the shot clock. 
Of course. Yeah, because they basically just did it and didn't ask anybody, in my personal opinion. You know what? If it's comforting, I don't necessarily think this is just a state thing. I think it's everywhere where it's just, okay, you're using it now. But where's the input, right? You can go to the industry. You can go to... Well, and I'm not sure what... And I'm a math teacher. I'm just not sure what it's going to do. That's my that's my entire issue with the shot clock is I have no problem. We went to halves, too. Yeah, um, we're at halves. So I, I, I like halves. It makes me play more kids. I have no problem with halves. Um, but I'm just not sure what shot clock is going to do for the game. Um, I think it's going to make us all very similar is my concern. It, uh, well, it, yes. Um, I think part of it is for a team like ours, you know, where we – this year, we're not going to have the scores that we may have had historically. Yep. So the challenge for us, right, is we focus on, again, not unlike a lot of teams that are challenged to score, we focus on defense. Right. And help defense is key. But it's still, if a team is finding a way to score and we have to keep shooting to maintain 30-second right. shot clock, it's still giving them an opportunity. We can work our tails off defensively. But when the ball is in their hand every 30 seconds – like we're asking our kids to make stops every 30 seconds, right? And do you, do you have a shot? You have a shot clock? We do. It's 30 seconds. Okay. So, and how long have you had it? Uh, a few years. Uh, okay. Four years. Because so. I've thought of doing some lessons on this. Do you two, two, one? We do a little bit. Do a lot of people do that to slow people up? Well, what we do is we do, we do one, two, two, and we slow. Okay. We stagger to the middle with our front guys. And what we do is we call for eight seconds. And a lot, you're right. A lot of teams do that, like a like a hybrid soft. A lot of soft presses goes on. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as I can, or I can. I am. Um, if you'd like to help us out over it, please go and subscribe and like. Leave a five star review if you want to leave a two star review. You can turn your phone off. Also, if you would like to make a commitment to your coaching, if you would like to become a better coach and learn how to deal with that irate parent, learn how to deal with that kid that won't go get the fifty ball. Learn how to deal with the teams that's throwing that combo defense at you. Um, go over and check out teachhoops.com. It's a way for you to get back, keep the lights on here at Coach Unplugged, and also expand your horizons as a basketball coach. So go over and check it out. Let us know what you think. All right, let's get back to the podcast. And so right. what we shoot for is we have an eight-second rule. Our goal, obviously, we'd like to get a 10-second violation, but we're not because it's so soft. Right. If we do eight seconds off the clock, immediately – you can see them struggle or teams struggle to get in their offensive sets because they immediately start looking up. Once they see 22, I don't know what that number is, or around 20, and then it hits the teens, it's not like the NBA where they immediately go to a pick and roll, right? Isn't that that's kind of the go-to? It's right. actually college. So like they, they, a lot of teams you see a lot more spread sets clear out and they try to attack because they can't get into their sets. Um, so you, there is a, a level of pressing that we'll see that you may not have seen. You do, know, do, do you think it's helped the game? I don't. I personally, not really. I mean, I think it's as, almost as bad. And this is a whole, I'm going to show my age here, but it's almost as bad as the three point line. You know, that's, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, three point um, line hasn't helped the game. In my opinion, it's fine, whatever. Yeah. But, um, and that's probably because I've lost a couple state championships because of it. But anyway, um, the uh, so here's my concern. Here's my concern, and we're two ways, two years away, and I've already started thinking about it. Is what's going to happen? We're going to what's going to happen when the shot clock gets to ten? People freak. I'm guessing people freak the first year. 
Um, we like, actually, we work, I mean, how about this? Now what you have is a whole new element to practice, right? You're talking about high school programs that we don't have many managers. You don't have many right. assistants. So now you're controlling this element of whenever you're doing a shell drill, whenever you're doing all these drills, now there's that shot clock that you have to kind of tie into your practice. Right. That's one thing I can say that we've done a pretty good job at. I think they it conditionally, when it gets to 10, they know there's this, we attack. That's our, you know, we try to get the line at 10, but um, teams are getting better at it. Again, it's probably been maybe eight or nine years although we've had it at least. Do, do people, do people see, so my thought is why don't you go hard for 15, 20 and then go to a zone? Yeah. I mean, there's, why don't you switch? It's, if we had time to work on it, I think. It I think it would freak even, people. I think it would freak people out. This is just, yeah, yeah. Okay. it's just me thinking out loud because I haven't experienced it, but it's like, all right, see, we're going 35. So, um, which I don't think is going to affect a lot, to be honest no. with you. Um, I think most people are going to get a shot up and yeah. you know, there's enough possessions. But anyway, so when that shot clock gets to 10, you know, if you have an automatic, okay, shot clock gets to 10, we go to this or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. Because the, 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 <laughs> the pick and roll thing is going to, I mean, or we're going to or we're gonna jump your pick and roll. Something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We'll and that, you know, the, the, the best part about that is, coach, is that when you jump that, now you've, you've changed it from 10 to maybe eight or seven. And now it's frantic, right? So right. You, by jumping that you've done the right thing if it works obviously and then they're weaker guards then you've immediately shaved another two maybe three seconds off the clock and then it becomes you know steph curry show right it's let me right chuck it up right but i think for us you know as a program and i think in general you know we try to focus all year on closing out and altering shots and you know and when it when it becomes frantic mode we lose some of that ability for some reason because i think what kids do is typically they may say all right they only have five seconds they're going to sh- chuck up a bad shot which they actually make it a good shot and so we may falter on some of the closeouts so the the trickle down effect of the shot clock changes defense changes practice changes a lot of things and 35 and 30s is a huge difference huge um i think you won't have a problem but it's going to be the teams that like to pull the ball out and run Princeton and four out. And, you know, that we'll see, you know, that was their competitive edge right now that right. that impact their game. It becomes college. It's try to get up good shots, as many shots as you can. And then it kind of, you know, creates whoever has the best scorers win, which is typically okay. But if, which is typically normal, right? right. But if you have the ability to kind of lock down a couple guys, but you're going to find that those scorers that you may be able to lock down are now maybe getting more shots up because they're running sets for them because they have to get them out in 30 seconds or 35 seconds. Right. Yeah. It was similar to my team this year. I mean, we couldn't really score at all, but we could come down and run an offense and get a good shot in 45 seconds, 50 seconds. But I don't know how many, I mean, yeah. I, 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 this is the issue I have with it too. It's making all, it's going to make all, because eventually it's going to be every high school, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to yeah. make every high school game like the college game. We're yeah. all going to be the same. Yeah. And I would be, you know, I, I would be shocked if, like, we play, I play a couple teams out of state. So we'll go play Connecticut and we'll play in Connecticut and they have no shot clock and quarters. 
which right. the quarters, it changes a little bit. It gives our kids a break. It's, it's like an extra time out. Right. But it's funny because we have no shot clock and we're playing three non-league games and I'm screaming to the kids, no shot clock because now they're conditioned, right? Since right. JV on that they need to find a way to get a shot up, you know, and if, if we can attack the basket without running a set anyway, then obviously that's what we want to do. So what, so do your J so what most teams have three levels? Um, not real, not as much in Rhode Island, just okay. numbers. It's, so it's really two, it's, it's varsity and JV is usually what most people have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then do they do the shot clock at the JV level? They do. Yeah. Yeah. They and, do do, everything and do they do it in the summer? No shot clock in the summer. And that's, that's another thing. So, well, it depends on the summer league, like the one we're in, um, we have no shot clock, which it is interesting because I find that competitively, it definitely gives us an advantage if we have trouble scoring, which we do, we can't score. Right. So coaching becomes completely different when, you know, during a game when we're playing the same team in regular season at, you know, 10 seconds, we're flipping out running our set that we have for the shot clock, right? It's like, right. all right, you got to attack or spread. We run, you know, Kentucky sets. We run all these sets. Right. Quick hitters or it's a disaster. But in summer, we're a totally different team. Totally different. But so is everybody, right? Well, and the, and the, the, the Wisconsin, they're only going to put it in the varsity level. So these, these huh. this, and it's going to be my scene. It's going to be my son's senior year. Literally, that's the only time he'll play with a shot clock. Probably. Yeah, it's interesting. How do you yeah. not? But I don't understand why, what the reasoning is behind that. Why, I mean, how are you going to prepare your younger kids? So they're going to come in immediately, and you're going to have to not only – I don't know, for us – I think there's an opening for me. That, see, I'm always looking for an opening because I don't think people are going to spend the time they need to, um, to, uh, to get good at it, to be honest yeah. with you, to practice. I mean, that's where I'm going to pick your brain on this because I'm not really worried about this year. Um, but next year, I'll even practice, start practicing it, I think. So, yeah, it's, we have it. And you'll see, like, again, like when we're in shell drill, we're running a shot clock. We have to. And whether we do it ourselves as coaches or we can have one of the managers do it for us to do it, there's always that, you know, when we're, okay, look to score. And then we might set the time at 10 seconds. Got to look to score. And those are things that you find that you've never worked on before, right? Or you'd never had to. And now it's critical to every asset aspect of the game, especially. So why don't you want, so you're at 30. So at 15, why don't you go to like a one, three, one and just spread it out in. Yeah, we've, we've done that. We have, we run all sorts of defense. Defenses. I mean, obviously we'd like to run man, but it's whatever defense works for us. Right. The problem we have is we're not deep. So as soon okay. as we follow trouble, we're, you know, we do what we call Bonnie's. So what we may do is not unlike what you were saying at 10 seconds, we'll show one, three, one. And then once the ball gets to a certain point, we'll drop to a two, three. Right. And so what happens is it puts a little bit of pressure on when, when a team runs to it, you know, they'll typically run a two one two against a one three one. Right. And then we'll we'll move guys around a little bit and try to alter shots. Do they uh, do they take more do they take more threes? Oh my gosh. Yes. Are there more threes because of the shot clock, you think? I think it's interesting because we don't look to shoot threes at the 10 second mark, but kids do. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's there. They immediately, you know, what we try to teach them is obviously attack. Right. And, the seams and maybe dribble drive but it's interesting how kids will gravitate towards those weak corner threes 
when that 10 second shot comes up and they're perched, right? So right. You do, uh, that one more drill, the one more, one more, one more, trying to get the extra shots. But it's, it's amazing how that goes away when there's 10 seconds on the clock. You know, it's, yeah, that is an interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I'll, I'll, what what I'd like to do too, and I'm gonna people. And what I'd like to do is have everybody tape a practice, and then we put it up on. I'd love to see one cool. of your practices. Oh yeah, you Absolutely. know what I'm saying. So I'm, that's what I because last year I didn't really have this launched. So what I'm gonna try to do is get everybody. Like I'll probably I'll, I'll put up a couple. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but then put it just behind the wall, and then people could watch practice. Like what is one? What does a practice look like in Wisconsin? What does a practice look like in Rhode Island with a shot right. clock? I think it would be really interesting to see. Um, oh yeah, it's and also too the rules, right? What are the rules around the shot clock? So if a ball is kicked, the shot clock changes to 15 seconds. Like there's all these other rules that you have to take into consideration. Inbounds plays now, where you could run, you know, sets to get guys open. Obviously, you're limited by the time that the ball comes in, but now you're looking at which we all want quick hitter on inbounds, right? Right. Okay, well, now you have four seconds. So that there's a huge impact. Say, you know, just saying, hypothetically, what if the ball goes out and the shot clock's down to four seconds? So uh, how does how the shot clock run? Is it run well? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Well, we have – it's run by the home team. So – No, what can, I'm saying is when it first – do you remember when it first came out? I'm guessing it's going to be horrible. Oh, it's a disaster because you're going to find yourself going shot clock, shot clock. There's still, and it's been in place for years, there's still stoppage in our games to address the shot clock being wrong still. And it's a lot right now. You're asking, you're, you're not, you don't have an official running this unless you have them in Wisconsin. For us, mm -hmm. we have two officials in the game, except during playoffs. Again, a whole other right. question. And a home person doing the book, which is the official book, and the home person doing – the scoreboard and the shot clock. So they do both of them. Yeah. Well, it could be, you know, a couple of people, but the issue is, you know, you could have a kid doing the 32nd clock. Right. Right. So constantly one of your assistants, it's hard, right. When you're trying to manage a game, manage minutes, understand what's going on and then worry about the shot clock. So we have, Usually our assistants, we do a really good job of between all of us trying to figure out what's going on with the shot clock just to make sure it's on in the right spot. But again, you, it's been implemented for years and there's still an impact, right? There's still, you know, stoppage in play because there's an issue with the shot clock, whether it's off, whether a kickball knocks it to 15 seconds, whether it's, you know, did it hit the rim? Does that reset it? Or was it just the backboard? Was it tipped? So all those things, which you don't even think about, all of a sudden in the game situation, you're like, oh, wait a minute. It just came about. You know, we have to be able to handle this. And this has been since you implemented it nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, we've had stoppage this year. And, you know, it's been in place. The college has stoppage, right? Right. That's the issue. It's like, I, that's why I'm not sure what it's solving. Where are all these delay games that we need to implement it for? That's what makes no sense to me. Yeah, we'll try to use them at, if they're not in our if they're in our favor. We try to use them as a soft timeout where we can pull some people over and try to right. breather, but you know, keep them on the floor, but let the refs settle it while we figure stuff out. See, we're so, we're spoiled. We most of our games we have three officials. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. The only reason why I say that is because it's been two officials for so long, and each yep. of them has their responsibilities. And then in the playoffs, 
there's this other guy that it, like, if you told me the other official was handling the book and the shot clock, be all right. for it. Right. I mean, right. Oh, hey, and that, well, and the issue with the issue in Wisconsin, I, you know, I, I've always been, I want more eyes because our game is so physical because we're dealing with schools of 2000 and very athletic kids and blah, blah, blah. We need that. We need it because it's just such a physical game, but there's always an official in front of me to talk to. That's great. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, no, no, I, don't, no. I don't have to scream. I don't have to scream across the court to talk yeah. to them. There's someone in there to talk to. Well, um, I mean, let's be honest. The game is so much faster now compared to when we played. It's right. asking so much more of the officials, especially just two. Like yeah. to, asking what they're we're asking. And the kids, even the workouts, like all those things we talked about earlier, like the plyo, the plyometrics, the dynamics, all this dynamic stuff. Like the kids come in in such different shape. And now we're asking, you know, the refs that have been doing it for 20 years to try to keep up with a new brand, essentially, of athletes that right. are just, you know, they're built differently. Where before, for us, it was, you know, go lift. <laughs> lift, lift, you know, try not to rip your knees apart. Try to, yeah. you know, go ask the football coach what to do. Yes. That was basically yeah. it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We'll work out with the football team. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, anything you want me to talk about in teach hoops? I'm gonna. I, so I I just put up a weight training thing that you should look at that we do. It's yeah. really good. Um, the dumbbell stuff and stuff because I had somebody from the UW. Um, so I'm working on practice planning right now. I think that's because I think people always have questions on that, especially for the younger coaches. I'm doing something on parents. Oh, um, good. Yeah, because I think you know. That's a balance. That's a that's a balance. It definitely yeah. is a balance. Um, I, I think for, for me personally, and I, and I you know I may speak for some of the from some of your other coaches. I think you know your idea of posting some practice videos is awesome. I would love to see how other okay. coaches are doing it because we're also right. We kind of keep things close to the chest, right? When it's right, other one where when we're you know we talk about some things and not other. But I know, like for us, we we'll open up a lot of our practices in the beginning of the year, just so the parents can see the pace and what we do, the effort. But I would love like, to get another set of eyes. And we have coaches that we work with. Right. One of the coaches from uh, in Connecticut, we're actually playing him in a non-league game. It's open for him to come to our practices. Cause I love hearing his opinions. Like, well, we do this a little bit differently or right. I'm open to go see his practice. Like, and this is, this goes to my scouting thing. I've done this for 15 years. I tell, I tell coaches whenever they ask, I said, one of the biggest things you can do is scout your opponents and then scout yourself. So have someone in that has nothing to do with your program and just come in and have them watch a practice and watch a game and watch the interaction before the game, everything. And then just talk, take them out for breakfast and talk to them. Because the, the, the problem is we get in our little world and it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, we, you know, Johnny doesn't, Johnny doesn't move his feet or something. And it's just, we just get in this rut. Well, yeah, Johnny might not move his feet, but he gets to the position, you know, the, the other coach sees things that we don't see because we just get in that routine, you know? Listen, in the, in, I would welcome that. I think a lot of coaches would. But the reality is, is that the, and I'm not disparaging the sport, it's any sport, but you're talking about a room full of coaches that ultimately like the, the control of their team. And so now you're pushing this whole model of, okay, am I going, is my ego going to be hurt because I'm taking this criticism? Right. The other approach, which is I would welcome the critics, like bring, like help me. Right. 
maybe it's different, but that's right. That's that whole, again, that's that balance too. But, but there's a certain set of coaches, right? We all have that group that we gel with. Right. And, and that you trust, you know, well, it's not the guy you're playing on Friday nights coming into your gym. Right. right. Like you can always find because, it, and then I'll reciprocate, you know, I'll go watch them play and I'll tell them what they're doing well. And I mean, I that's, love it. that, I mean, that's the thing is this, and it doesn't have to be, a, it just has to be a couple of guys. It's like, Hey, you know, I'll send you my practice tape. You send me yours. Let's talk about it. Blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, it's just, you know, let me watch one, a, a half, of, show me half of a game that you need some work on. Um, yeah. But this, just to circle back, because I, obviously I tend to just blabber, but I think for what I would like to see is just a, a bit of the structure that you may have in place or the other coaches here for their practice plans. And I, again, okay. I send mine out there. I have no problem doing the same thing. Okay. I would just welcome education on this thing. I'm an old man and I'm constantly learning, you know, it's, it's this constant learning, you know, the stuff that we get out from other coaches is unbelievable. Right. And it, yes. And it's like, I, and I tell people when you go to clinics, when you go to hear, you know, all these people talk, um, it's a, it's a nugget. It's a golden nugget. That's all you're going to find, to be honest with you. The, world, the, the game ain't that complicated. Um, it's just, you, you, you want to find that nugget. That's good. So that's a good idea. All right. So I got something good out of this. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot that off to see everybody. I mean, I know we're a ways away. When do you start? We start November 11th. Oh, that's no. early here. Yeah, we're after Thanksgiving, usually the day after Thanksgiving. Really? That's yeah. crazy. Well, football. Okay. Because I don't know, for us, it's all 13. based on football. So, you know, we're assuming that football is done right then, and then it's right into Right into it. So, for me, I'm not a football school. Which right. Is small. So, right. it's a different beast, like, compared to the other school, which I was at, was much bigger. So, there's that. You know, that, that dynamic change. is not there, which is nice. Okay. Cool. All right. And if you think anything else, well, what I told everybody too, a couple of people emailed me. I don't know. Jake was going to show up. But anyway, um, I'm going to try to do these every other week or every third week now that the season's kind of starting. Cool. We kinda, yeah, we kinda, like yeah, we kind of slow down during the summer just because everyone's doing their stuff in the summer. Um, but as we rev up here in the fall, we'll definitely do it more. I'm looking right. forward to it. Yeah, thank and I'll you. Figure, and I'll figure out why my video is not working by then. So, <laughs> Call Geek Squad. Okay, they got you. I know. I got it. All right. <laughs> thanks, Coach. See ya. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. If you did, go over and leave a five-star review. If you didn't like it, don't do anything. <laughs> um, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, become a better coach. Put your Take yourself outside of that comfort zone. Join our community. Let myself and our entire community help you through this great journey. doesn't matter if it's parents. doesn't matter if it's a kid not playing hard. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to break the one three one zone. We will help you. So go over and check it out. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.